Good morning. Uh, thank you, Pastor Tim, for uh, a wonderful introduction. And also, I would like to take this opportunity to thank the church for your partnership with us. Uh, we, we would have not been able to achieve what God is doing there through us without your support and prayers. And there are many, I, I really praise God for many men and women who are who surround me, to whom I am accountable. Uh, two of them happens to be here this morning, Randy and, and David. Uh, they have, I have known them for, for many years. And uh, it, it is a great privilege that to, to have Randy work together with me in the Asian Partner in ASSI ministry. Uh, last year we had three people from this church, uh, Ruth Hoff, Jessica Hoff, and Marie. Where are you? Uh, they travel, and uh, I was so impressed by them. It was the first American group that they came with a small carry-on. <laughs> I'm not sure what they were carrying, but I was really impressed. Um, for 15 years that I've been welcoming and receiving Americans in India, this was, they were the first ones to come with a small carry-on. And they traveled, they never got sick. They went from Delhi to, Gorak, to Gorakhpur, Gorakhpur to Varanasi, Varanasi to Calcutta, Calcutta, and all kinds of villages and uh, small places in the slums they went and served the people. So I'm really proud of your church and for sending three people out from this church to serve us in a very short time and, and encourage. And they mix, mixed with our young people, our leaders there in India. and. Uh, I almost kind of, once I handed them over, I forgot that they, they existed in India. Well, not quite, but, but uh, sort of kind of, they mixed with people so much uh, and served the, the Lord together with them. So that was a blessing. Thank you so much. Um, uh, last week we had very unusual experience. Um, one of our uh, railroad kids ran away. And uh, nowadays, the, the government has become very strict, and we have to kind of account for every children that are there. So we have to make a list. We have to supply to the government all the lists, the names, details about all children. And uh, when this kid ran away early in the morning, he just jumped and was gone. And we couldn't locate him. We didn't know. We tried to send people here, to send people there. And we had no idea where he's gone. But we had been able to kind of like every time a child comes, we try to investigate and try to find out where, where actually they belong, you know, where they come from. So we found out they were in, in the capital in Lucknow. And uh, so we located his father. Finally, we uh, found him that they lived in slum and the father was alcoholic. And he had run away living at the railway, railway station, barely trying to survive. And um, now... Uh, he wanted to go back. He was remembering about his freedom and the money he made and the food he could eat, you know, uh, buy anything, live a totally uh, carefree life. And so this nine-year-old, eight, nine-year-old boy, uh, when he runs away, uh, desiring his freedom, we were very scared because he may end up in wrong hands and anything can happen. So 
When we located him, it took you about uh, three, four days, and here is what happened. We had 15 families from the slum, they come and they say, can you take our children? I said, what happened? He said, well, the, ever since this boy came back, he has been teaching all the other kids rhymes and poems and songs and talking about Jesus. And, and I said, what happened? You know, this guy has become a missionary kid within six months. <laughs> so here's a run, runway kid. With, you know, we worked for three days. We lived in real worry uh, and concern for him, for ourselves, and also we had to report to the government. We just didn't know what to do. And here, within six months that he had lived with us, had turned into a missionary kid. And so now all these 15, 20 kids, they want to come and, and join us and live at our center. And the, the single parents that they, they belong and they want their children's life straightened up by sending them to our, our, our home. Now, we don't have that much of support or space. We're trying to build so that we can take in more children. But last year has been uh, from the meager support that we have received for the children. We have been able to feed and take care of over 1,000 kids from Calcutta to New Delhi. And, uh, you know, just realizing that so many lives have been blessed and you are part of that. You, all of you, whatever you have, kids, you have contributed, you have given a little bit, uh, share your daily, whatever, the cents, the penny, the dollar, uh, that has helped the, the, the children there. So they can be clean, they can be healthy, and they can receive meal every day. We also run uh, open-air schools for children who are who, in the villages, and um, we have about 57 schools that runs in our area. And through those schools, about uh, 8,000, more than 8,000 kids have been educated from almost grade zero to two. Uh, so they can read, they start reading, and adults as well uh, in those schools. So in the morning, we have children. In the evening, we have adults who come and uh, they uh, learn to read and write. So God has been great, and uh, we have been privileged to see uh, many people who have come to know the Lord, and over 10,000 new churches have been started. Uh, we have been dreaming uh, three years ago. Uh, the Lord laid a burden on our hearts and said, uh, we should start praying for uh, 30 million, three zero million people to come to know the Lord. Now, this is beyond our resources, beyond our strength, beyond our everything. Anything that we have is beyond. And um, every time we have mentioned that to people that we are praying in this northern part of India uh, for 30 million people to come to know the Lord, people laugh at us. But here is the irony. If people do not laugh at your vision, then it's not from God. You know, because if it's only dependent on your resources and your strength, then it's not about God. So um, we now we 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 see about five million people who have come to know the Lord, and we uh, we didn't know before how to uh, do it faster, and how to uh, see more people come into the kingdom faster. Now we know. So we believe we have next about seven years left, and uh, probably 
much before uh, seven years, we will be able to see 30 million people come to know the Lord. Would you join us in this journey of faith and praying for us and uh, supporting us and standing with us and saying, hey, Victor, we are praying for you. Uh, we are believing with you. And, you know, we, we, we have five million people come to know the Lord today uh, just because we, we made an, an effort and because we believed God in a place which was known as the area of darkness. It was known as the graveyard of mission. So, any number is better than zero, right? Agree with me? Yes. And five million is a lot of number. So, we, we praise God. They don't belong to me. They don't have the level of Asian partner or ASSI on them. They belong to different groups, different churches. They have gone and joined. Uh, uh, different fellowships are there. Churches are there. But praise God. Uh, Jesus is worship. And that is the best. Uh, they have turned away from idols. And um, now to the living God. So it's no longer the idols. It's the living God that they're worshiping and testifying to their friends and neighbors. Um, last week, uh, we came, uh, met a man who belonged to a fisher community. Now, if you look at our papers for the last 15 years, we don't have any, any fisher community, uh, fishing community uh, in our, on our list, on our agenda. But God brought this fisherman who heard the gospel and got so inspired that he began to witness to other fishermen. And it's not very far from our office. It's just about 15 kilometers, about 10 miles from our home, uh, our office in Gorakhpur. So what this man did is that every day in the evening, he began to sit together with all the fishermen and share with them with the, gospel, uh, uh, the gospel and what God had done and started praying for them. He had a very little knowledge, no Bible training. Uh, he just... Someone shared with him the gospel from this movement, part of this movement. And it changed his life, it changed his paradigm, changed his world completely upside down. And he began to see the bigger picture. Uh, if this community, this family will receive God, what will happen to them? And, and um, with that burden and vision in his heart, he began to share with other people. Over 100 people have been, fishermen have been brought to the Lord. And it happened right under our nose, and I didn't know that. <laughs> God is a God of surprises, right? There is no, no verse in the Bible that supports that, but it is true. <laughs> so, um, you know what? I forgot to give you greetings, because everyone in India, they said, please give them our greetings. And uh, so please receive the greetings before I forget. Um, so this fisherman, back to this fisherman, he, um, he trained his son to do what he was doing. So uh, two days ago, uh, I talked to my office, and um, no, that was yesterday. Uh, I talked to my office, that was on Saturday. So uh, they told me that they had two days training for leaders like that, you know, for people who are leading uh, our group. We have a training, a short-term training for two days. Uh, every month, like two days, three days, like that. So this man came and he was testifying what God has, was doing. So he said, well, now that you're away, 
the, you have this everyday group that you have formed that come, they come and they learn. Who is doing now? You have been away for two days. My uh, people from our office, they ask. He said, well, I have trained my son. So while I'm gone, they don't break the chain, you know, they didn't break the habit. Uh, now my son is doing that. So he said, we asked, he said, how much uh, does your son know? He said, well, my son knows everything I know. You know, you cannot meet anyone, you, even if you missionary, meet missionaries who have been highly trained, uh, they sometimes miss this, this little knowledge and truth in their life. And um, so it's fascinating to see what God is doing. And that's the kind of um, leaders uh, God is raising. Leaders in not with the position, but leaders in a community, in their own community. They see who in my family, who in my neighborhood, who in my community uh, needs to know Jesus Christ. And with that passion in their heart, uh, they're looking for possibility. How can I make this truth uh, relevant to them? You know? And the question that we, should all, we all should be asking is, when does a good news become a good news for other person? An unweighed mother? A man who lost his job? A person who's fighting a court case? Someone who's going through a divorce? Someone who's uh, looking for a job? Uh, someone that belong to a family where parents have separated. So how, when is the moment, when is the time that this good news that I have could be translated and become good news for that person? Have you ever thought about it? So many times we go with those five spiritual laws and, and feel that if we walk through those five spiritual steps, I've done my duty. Uh, you may have done your duty, but that is not complete unless that person really understands that truly this is a good news for me. Ah, this is truly a good news because that can change my life. When I'm thinking about this, it brings me to Revelation 7 and 9 to 11. May I ask someone to come and uh, just stand up and read that for me, please? Revelation chapter 7. Yeah, if you can put it up on the screen, that would be nice. Thank you. Yeah, 9 to 11. Thank you. Okay, here is John's vision. And in this vision, what, what does he see? He sees people from every tribe, every language, every people group. And that's the community, that's the kind of community that God is calling us to be. That we, as God's representative, 
should live with a lifestyle that reflects this vision. Are you with me? Every Christian should have this lifestyle. Why? Because ultimate goal is that that's where we will arrive at. And once we are there, our joy will be complete because the Lamb will be in front of us and there will be a multitude of crowds which no one can count. You know, this takes us back. <clears throat> there are a few ideas, few thoughts that I will leave with you today that might challenge you the way that you have been, you're used to thinking. Um, you know, it takes us back to, to the call of Abraham. God calling out of a community, a larger community, calling a small community where he brings wholeness, healing, and, and a new community emerge out of this larger community. And that process continues throughout the Bible. If you read it, you see at different times how God is bringing out a community out of a community. Somehow in the West, you know, we have separated um, the holistic view, uh, the holistic approach of the gospel, and we have something called spiritual, and then we have something called social. So either you are preaching a spiritual gospel, or you are pre preaching a social gospel, right? So you involve in, a, in good works, you do, do uh, mercy ministry, you do health clinic and all this stuff. But here is the spiritual gospel. But the problem, the dilemma is this. The problem is this, that the human beings are not always sick. They are not always hungry. They, are not, they don't always need counseling. Or they are not very spiritual the whole time. Even people ask, uh, we, we struggle with faith and, and doubt in our life. You know, it's like a parallel it runs in our life. One day we believe in God, we can do anything, we, we really trust God. The other day we said, God has not answered our prayer. You know, I've been praying for this for a long time and God has not answered. You know, I, don't, I doubt whether God actually loves me. You know, I don't think God, God likes Victor John, but he doesn't like us. Doesn't like me. You know, somehow Victor comes here and tells me all this about God answering his prayer. You know, we go through that emotion all the time in our life. So, um, but here is something interesting. The wholeness that God had intended from the beginning turns into a failure. Right? That's what you find in Genesis. The wholeness that God is trying to bring through Adam and Eve into bringing out a community that continuously reflects who God is is turned into a failure. So what happens? Why I'm talking about community? Because God himself is a community. When we talk about God, what do we talk about? We talk of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
and and one individual doesn't make the community it's the it's the two people three people two people make the community so when three trinity joins there is a wholeness there when the presence of the trinity is there between the two or the three the wholeness is reflected and as the bible tells us um that when we come into acts and we see how a new community um is created which we call the church they represent something that that is the character of god basically and how it is reflected there is an ad- adoption you are adopted into the community by adoption you become part of the community there is a healing um and then you have the whole passage in the scripture uh which talks about one another you know how we are to love one another how we are to forgive one another and that's why in this uh, in this community there is something uh, uh, interesting here you can miserably fail in your life and still belong to this community whereas in other community other club you have to be successful to be part of that club here you can miserably fail in your life and still you can be part of this this community why because the presence of god is there god is reflected now think about this more practically god is holy right god doesn't tolerate any sin so how can this truth be compromised in this community where you have a bunch of people who are failure all of us are failure i am a failure moments there are moments in my life i i should live i should speak i should reflect god i don't because i am overpowered by my own desire my own wishes or my own will it's only later that i surrender that i for, that i ask for forgiveness that i repent that i'm restored back into this position i'm just being honest that's our experience right so god who is who does not tolerate any sin how can he tolerate us in that community that's a mystery that god through his own love he doesn't compromises himself with himself so there is a truth and there is grace and it it in this community it it becomes visible in this community where the holiness of god and the grace of god are merged together so a sinner like me can be accepted and be part and i can lift up my hands and worship him and be grateful to what god has done in my life and together as we come together it's not just only for the for the encouragement of one another but with the desire that this healing 
and restoration and the wholeness and the holiness and the truth can be brought to other people who do not know him. Am I demanding too much? No. We have been somehow been given this idea that I have to save people, I have to save people. No. I have, God is about redeeming people. Salvation, if you just preach salvation, it ends in the church. If someone gets saved, you bring him to the church and what happens then? You say, okay, I'm so happy you are here. Now, make sure that you attend this church every Sunday. Our, our job is done. Right? We, all, we finished. We brought one more. And now we're looking for one more. And then we're looking for one more. But is that what God is doing? Are we headhunters? What are we? It's hot here. Uh, <laughs> what are we doing here? God is about redeeming and healing people. We are taught by Jesus to pray for the kingdom. What is that? Let your kingdom come. So how can kingdom come here in New Jersey? Kingdom is inclusive. Kingdom goes beyond our denomination. Kingdom goes beyond our territory. You know, I was having a long discussion about with someone in, in India. And they were talking about this. They said, look, this is our territory. That is your area, okay? This is my area. And I said, my friend, I'm, 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 please forgive me for saying this, but I had to say this and help you understand this. Dogs have territories. Human beings don't. Right? You see the dog go into another territory, they start barking, <laughs> chasing. Human beings don't. Why? Because my brother lives somewhere else, my sister lives somewhere else, my, my, my mother comes from one area, my father's sister is married somewhere else. It's a whole different, there's no area. I can come and live in the States, you can come and live in India, you can decide tomorrow to go to China and you live there. There's no area. God hasn't said to us that you can, you can only live here. You know, he hasn't marked a boundary for us. And when we think about this, and we think about Revelation, and we look at the where how God is carrying his purpose, then what happens? In this community, everyone becomes effective. Every, every person in that community becomes reproducible. Everyone becomes useful. Everyone has the same power. No one is more powerful than the other. Why? Because the life of God and the power of God is reflected in every individual who have become the member of this community. So, this community 
weather is very flexible. It can change. It can adjust. It's very accommodating. It's inclusive. It takes everyone else. If we simply focus on salvation, then we are exclusive. We separate ourselves. We alienate ourselves. And that's what the church has done for so long. Today, uh, there is a new train that's coming. In the next five to ten years, you will see this is what the change will happen. The theology will be more holistic. Because the church is realizing more and more that somehow we have alienated ourselves. So the theology is going to change. And there will be more holistic approach to the community. Why the Hindus from India come and become effective here in in um, in in U.S., in North America. Why some of these gurus, they come here and they become uh, respected and accepted by, by Americans. Why? Because they're talking about body, soul, and the spirit. He said they're all connected. And this is how they're connected. And we, who should be preaching that, and who should know from this that how God brings healing to our body and our soul and our mind, we forget. We are struggling, we are arguing about so many different things uh, because we don't understand. And these guys who have got false ideas, they, got, they, don't got any, they, they don't have any hope, they are coming and preaching here. What the church should have been preaching here. God is about healing the whole person. To the whole person, the whole gospel, to the whole community. And our community needs that. And that's why my, my question was, how do you translate, how do you make the good news good news for someone who is struggling in life? Um, and, and of course, you are free to study Ephesians. Ephesians talks about it. Talks about this new community that God has brought. And Paul talks about a mystery. He says this is a mystery, uh, but it has been revealed to us now. So why does Paul call, uh, call it a mystery? Because none of the prophets understood that. It was a secret for them. But here, because of Jesus Christ, it has been unfolded. The mystery has been, is no longer mis, uh, mystery. Why? Because all can come into the kingdom. All can be part of that community. The, 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 you know, in the olden days, um, when the priest went into the Holy of Holies, he had to be, a rope had to be tied around his waist. In case, in case he died in the presence of God, because he was not holy, and if God was there, he could not face God, and he died, no one else can enter there, so what they have to do is to pull him up. I'm glad Pastor Tim doesn't have any rope around, around his waist. <laughs> None of us have any ropes, rope. We can stand here in the presence of God, worship Him. God can descend. He said, I am with you always. So His presence is experienced all the time. He dwells among us. He lives among us. And it's up to us how much we, the more we reveal to him and the more we talk about him, the more we share about him, 
uh, his power will be manifested. So a fisherman in India, in a fishing community, illiterate, poor, um, educated group in, in, in New Delhi, who is educated, have money, uh, can reflect the kingdom. The essence is there, you know? Because it's not the education, it's not the illiteracy, it's not the tribalism that's important. What is important is that God is there. What is important about your church this morning? God is here. We are experiencing His presence and we are being encouragement to one another. But the question is, do you know Him? Have you experienced Him? Do you know who Jesus Christ is? Have you come into that relationship with Him? You know, why this community is, is good? Because it continuously helps me uh, to improve in my life. And when my sin is challenged by the sin of other person, you know, often it's reflected. I see somebody failing. There is there's a choice. I could become judgmental or search my own heart. This, this community that God has created, judgment has no place. Judgment has no place. What the church has done in the past, or is still doing it, that we have taken the position, what? Of judging others. The beauty about this community is this, that God doesn't judge us. See, His holiness is not translated into judgment and condemnation. So God doesn't condemn us and God doesn't judge us. None of us here today should feel that God is judging us or condemning us. Why? Because there is forgiveness. None of us has the right to judge other person. So we should be forgiving and loving to other person. Why? Because I'm, I myself is weak. I myself have those same weaknesses, same temptation that you are facing. So I'm not better than you. I'm no way I'm better than you. In this new community, everyone becomes kings and priests. Everyone becomes a royal priesthood. That's a privilege that God gives us. If you don't use it, that's your problem. That's my problem. Not, nothing wrong with God. So, I see ordinary people in, in our movement becoming extraordinary people. And how does that happen? And why does that happen? People who were from the low caste, people from who were manipulated, people who were used, people who were uh, brutally brutalized by high caste Hindus, all of a sudden they become powerful people. The high caste Hindus are coming to the low caste and saying, would you pray for me? <laughs> Can you lay hands on me? Now, this in a country, in a society where untouchability is so high, 
you know, I'm not supposed to, to, to touch you because I'm, I'm a high caste and you are from a low caste. So I must maintain the distance. You know why Hindus, they, they do like this, namaste? Because they believe that if I touch you by shaking hands with you, your bad karma will influence me. So this is the best, best way of greeting you. If I greet you like this, I stay away from you. I don't have to touch you. <coughs> right? I can greet you from, uh, what? From a distance. I don't have to come close to you. When you shake hands, you have to come close to the person. You cannot shake hands like this. You know? So, so Hindus, they stay away. I don't want to be uh, by your aura, by your bad karma. I don't want to be influenced myself. I don't want to influence myself. Now the same people changing. Look at the change of paradigm because of the new community. They're coming to the, the locus and saying, would you lay hands and pray for me? Because I need healing. Can you talk to me? Can I, can I whisper <laughs> some of my failures to you? Uh, can I talk to you? Because I know you will keep the secret. I know you are honest. I know there is something great about you. I cannot Say it in words, but I know it. See, and that's how this community is transforming. So, here back in the U.S., does that message change? Does that power change? Does that influence change? No, it remains the same. Because we worship the same God. And this God is about transformation. He's about bringing change. He's about bringing forgiveness. He's about bringing healing. Let's continue to promote that new community. Let's look for those areas while you build your church building and your, the church grows. But let's continue to look at the community around us and say, who in my community needs to know? Who in my community needs to be healed? Who in my community needs to be part of this community? Who in my community are somehow in the, in the busyness of life are forgotten, not remembered? I remembered, God reminded us about the children who were forgotten children. They were there, but we never saw them. And yet, when God uh, showed us, we are able to, to help thousand children. All of a sudden, their, their number grown to thousand. Before, I couldn't see they were even one. Now there are thousands of children. I'm saying, how can we help more? How can we help more? How can we help more? Why? Because they become visible, because we're seeing through the eye of God. And that's what the Lord wants us, all of us to do that. Uh, that's why Jesus said when you go in the, when he sent out disciples, he said, lift up your eyes and look at the harvest. He said, they're plentiful. He says, not only what you see, but begin to see things what you don't see. They are there, but they are invisible. And allow the Holy Spirit. Why? That's the role of the Holy Spirit. To remind you, to show you, to convince you, 
that they are there. You may not see it, but they are there. So develop that eyesight that helps you to see what others cannot see. Churches somehow have gone blind. They don't see. You know? They don't see. This new community, because it represents God, and, and the, there's a community inside a community, and that's the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So what this community does, as it marches ahead, it continues to influence and sees those who are hidden, those hidden people in our community. So who are those hidden people in our community today? That's the question I shouldn't be answering. You should know. Who are those hidden people? I'm almost done. So, it's the community that has the ability to put, put together truth and grace. You know, powerful, powerful. That we don't compromise with sin, but there is a blending of truth and grace, which only God can do it. See, everything says, condemn, judge, but I don't do it. And what our community needs today, people outside here, they need today, anywhere they need, that I am adopted, I am accepted, that I am somebody, that people love me and accept me as I am. We are faced with so many challenges today that didn't exist 50 years ago. And we need to go through transformation in order to become effective and realize the, the vision. So let's change our lifestyle according to Revelation 7, 9 to 11. You know, it, it will help us in our worship, in our daily worship. It will help us to relax and continuously march ahead as we live our life, as we do our jobs, um, teach, practice, work hard, do whatever we want uh, that God has called us to. But at the same time, we continue to reflect the life that God has called us to continue to reflect Him through our life. Because our life, the style somehow, somewhere talks about Him, reflects Him, and shows Him who our God is. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you so much for your prayers, your support. And um, again, I will extend the invitation to come to India, visit us, and um, see what God is doing. Next week we are getting uh, about 12 people from Japan. They're coming and spending 10 days with us. Um, so next few months are going to be very busy because I have groups coming from Denmark, uh, groups coming from um, uh, 
Vietnam, India, Indiana, 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 no place. <laughs> and um, yeah, we have several groups coming, and um, it's amazing what God is doing. Thank you so much for prayer. God bless.